So James 1, verse 5, this is God's holy and infallible word. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So we've got here a promise about wisdom, and the Bible talks a lot about the value of wisdom. There are whole sections of the Bible that we call wisdom literature. And uh, the most well-known of those, the most obvious wisdom literature is the book of Proverbs. It's just filled with saying, wise saying after wise saying. A number of the Psalms, we got Psalms of praise, Psalms of lament, Psalms of thanksgiving. There are also wisdom Psalms. Psalm 1, the very first Psalm is a wisdom Psalm. Psalm 37 that we looked at last Sunday morning for a promise, that's a wisdom psalm. The letter of James also has a lot of characteristics of wisdom literature, and that's why we can sometimes just pick out a verse or two because it's just a single wise saying. And Jesus also talked about wisdom a lot in the Gospels. Most memorable, maybe, of what Jesus says about wisdom might just be in Matthew 7, in that parable of the wise and the foolish builder. The rains came down, the streams rose, says God's word, and it hits a little too close to home for a lot of us based on this past week. The wise man's house, says Jesus, stands firm in the storm because he built his house on the rock. But the foolish man's house, Jesus says, will be washed away because he built on the sand. We think about our homes, I think, on a day like Father's Day. Well, the wise man building his house, it can refer to us building Christian homes as families, and I think it also can refer to each one of us, that house can be our life, and each one of us seeking to build our lives on the rock. When the Bible talks about the wise man, I want you to be clear, and I I put that right in my sermon title, I want you to be clear, the Bible's not leaving out women and boys and girls. In Scripture, the wise man is the ideal person, man, woman, boy, or girl, the ideal person saved by the grace of God being held up for each one of us to pattern our life after. And so the way of wisdom is for men, it's for women, and boys and girls, it's for you too and students. Our verse in James shows how you can build your house on the promise of God. And we can do that in three ways, three steps. You can build your house, whether you're thinking this morning about your own life or maybe thinking about your family being built on God's promise. First of all, if you recognize your need, when you recognize your lack of wisdom. The verse starts out, if any of you lacks wisdom. I think that's a little bit of a funny thing to say. At least it struck me that way. If, and come on, dads, is it even a question? 
as you try to lead your homes? Do any of us feel wise enough to handle it all? When they're little babies, the toddler years, the teenage years, when our kids become adults, yeah, it's all just a piece of cake, right? No, it's hard. We need help. And how about elders and deacons who we've been talking about the last few weeks with this new council term starting? If anyone lacks wisdom, if Would any of you claim to have all the wisdom that you need to serve this church? I know all you guys. None of you would be that arrogant. It seems obvious that we all need wisdom. But according to God's word, not everyone gets that in their life. Not the fool. Proverbs 1.7 says, Fools despise wisdom. You apparently can't teach a fool wisdom. But to receive wisdom, you have to come to a point of realizing your need. And that kind of raises the question, what is wisdom exactly? I like what someone once said, that wisdom is the reward you get for a lifetime of listening when you would have preferred to talk. J.I. Packer, a great Christian thinker, he wrote, Wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and the highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. If knowledge is about information, then wisdom is something like this. It's being able to apply Knowledge. Wisdom is more than knowing stuff. You can know all about cars, but not be able to drive very well. Wisdom is knowledge applied well to life. And Proverbs tells us that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So somehow, true wisdom is God-centered and God-focused. We might say wisdom is how we discern and then carry out in our lives God's will in real-life situations. So when you think about wisdom and see what it is, it becomes very clear that we lack it. We can always use more. Only a fool would think otherwise. We need wisdom as fathers, mothers, spouses, We need wisdom when we vote. We need wisdom for that challenge at work, for those business decisions. We need wisdom on what to do with our finances in terms of wisely buying our day-to-day needs, giving to the kingdom, saving some money, enjoying some wants too sometimes. We need wisdom on, on what to do with that all, right? We need wisdom on how to follow God's commands today. Honoring those in authority over us, keeping our thoughts and our bodies morally pure, keeping the Sabbath day holy, honoring God's name. We need wisdom badly. How does a wise man build his house on God's promise? You start, men, women, young people, children, by recognizing your need that 
you haven't got it all figured out. You're lacking. Though we seem to live among a lot of fools in our society today in the sense that people reject God's word and his wisdom, you and I at least, as far as our house goes, we can recognize our need. And second, you request God's gift. James 1.5 says, let him ask God. The Bible tells us again and again and again how generous and giving and gracious our God is. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Sometimes those verses in Matthew 7 have been used to say this is about asking God if we can have his salvation. Knock on the door of salvation, God will let you in. But these verses are about prayer. They're about persistent prayer. And if you ask God, if you pray to God, he will answer. And that's a precious promise from God's word. It may not be the exact way you expect him to answer all the time. And maybe our experience is many ways it's not the exact way you expect. But he will answer and he is gracious to give his children what they need. If you, it, this verse is very simple. It's very straightforward. If you request God's gift of wisdom, you're going to get it. Not complicated. The promises you'll receive. We have to ask God if we want it because not all of what God has to give us automatically comes with salvation. We're not saved and then, bam, we've got all of God's gifts, everything He possibly has for us. No. This requesting and the need to request God's gift, not just wisdom, but all of them, reminds us of Lord's Day 45 in the Catechism on Prayer. And it says something there very profound about prayer that, that we need to take to heart. It says, Christians need, why do Christians need to pray? They need to pray because God gives his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly asking God for these gifts. You want the Holy Spirit? You want God's grace? This is implying you don't get it unless you're asking for it. God gives his gifts only to those who are praying for those gifts. It's saying if we don't ask, we're not going to receive. If we don't pray for God's gift, we won't get it. And so if you want it, Request it, and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you generously, says James. I like one picture of God's generosity. God is so ready to give when we ask, and he's so generous in his giving. It's like our God always has a pitcher of water slightly tipped, ready to pour. He's at the ready. And through prayer, you just put your glass underneath it and the blessings are poured out for you. You're feeling empty? 
He's got more of his gifts at the ready. The psalmist in 23, I think it was David that wrote it, he knew how to ask for God's gift, and he received the gifts because he writes, Lord, my cup overflows. And you and I can experience that overflowing cup of God, even his wisdom, if we request it, if we're praying for it. Finally, thirdly this morning, to build your house on God's promise, I'm going to suggest that you re-examine your toolbox. We need tools to build a house. We have tools, according to God's word, to grow in godly wisdom as well. What might you have as a believer at your disposal to grow so you can become wise, so you can build your home, you can build your life on the promises of our God. I've got three tools that God puts at our disposal that I invite you to take a closer look at in your life. If you're using them, how you're using them. We just talked about one of them. You've got prayer for sure. We request God's gift by praying to him. There's a friend of mine who told me that a very successful and and giving Christian business person shared with him that for many years, decades, he has prayed this prayer for wisdom in James every single morning. Isn't that a commitment? And what a great prayer to pray. Like, You know, like King Solomon in the Old Testament and like James urges, he asks God for wisdom every morning and God has definitely blessed him with wisdom in his life. How often are you taking prayer out of your toolbox in order to build your house on God's promise? I've got a toolbox with tools And I'm pretty proud of those tools. They're good tools. And you know what? Much, you might all be surprised at this, but I can actually do some stuff around the house. If I plan it, watch a YouTube video or two, ask a few friends some questions, ask Sarah. I I really can if I put my mind to it. Once I was working on a little project and I didn't have the tool I needed, so I had to go across the street to my neighbor who's very handy, wonderful neighbors, and I went into his garage with him, and I I looked at his tools, and I I couldn't believe how beat up and dirty his tools were. Mine are all clean and shiny. I was like, he doesn't take care, and then it kind of hit me. I realized why. It's because he was using his tools a whole lot more than mine. Mine were clean and shiny because they mostly just sit in my toolbox, We've got prayer in our toolbox as God's people. God says, knock, the door will be open to you. Ask for wisdom, God will give it. May this tool of prayer for all of us be dirty and greasy and banged up because we're using it all the time, every day. As we start out the day, as we end it, in between, praying with friends and loved ones or families. The second tool that we have to build a house of wisdom is God's Word. I mentioned at the beginning 
of the sermon. Scripture is filled with wisdom, right? May we use these Bibles, wear out the pages, whether you're studying personally, with friends, in a small group, a Bible study. We've got so many great options right at this church for people to study God's Word. Proverbs, that great book filled with sayings, has 31 chapters. So I want to give you an idea, a suggestion for your daily devotional. You could do this every month or at least a month a year. Read one chapter of Proverbs a day. It will take you very nicely through the month. If you forgot a day, you're like, oh, it's the sixth of the month, Proverbs 6. If you would do that prayerfully, regularly, I'm certain that God would bless you with more wisdom for your daily life, your daily decisions. The third tool that God's word tells us about is people. God blesses us with people to help us in our lives, including to help us with wisdom. Proverbs 13, 20 says so. Walk with the wise to become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. We don't want to be a companion of fools. Students, think about the friends, the people you hang out with. Our, our friends are a tremendous influence in our lives, especially when we're younger for good or for bad. I challenge you, if you ever find yourself in the company of fools, leave, get out of there. God's word says a companion of fools suffers harm. God's word is right. You'll be harmed. The other side of the promise is that if we walk with wise people, we will become wise. May God give us wise friends, not only among our peers, people like us, our same age, but the Bible talks about in the church, younger men and women seeking the wisdom of older believers, and we're so blessed in that way as a church with, with all the different age groups so well represented, from little babies being born to believers in their 90s to all of us in between. May we be receiving wisdom from one another, sharing it with one another, more mature believers being active examples of wise living to others. So we wrap up here. It's a comfort to know that the promise is that God will give wisdom generously and that verse has one more little part I didn't get to yet. He gives generously and he gives without finding fault. What do you think that means? Well, I've got a pretty good idea. I think this is about God's grace. How in the world could God give to us without finding fault when we know full well we're at fault for all kinds of stuff? We're sinners. We've been foolish dads. We're not the wise, godly men we aspire to be, but instead we fall short in more ways than we wish we did. Of course, the Bible tells us that God gives without finding fault because of his son, Jesus. Because of Jesus, 
He doesn't punish us for the mistakes we've made, and he doesn't punish us for the mistakes we'll continue to make because our ever-wise God solved our problem of sin and sent Jesus, punishing him on the cross to atone for the sins of all his people. Those who believe in Jesus and seek his face, receive his grace and love and mercy, even though we've done foolish things. We've walked even for times in our life down a foolish road. Any one of us can have a new start in Jesus. You just ask him to forgive you. You trust in his finished work accomplished on the cross and in the resurrection. And then you know what? You too can be a wise person in this world of fools, a wise person who builds their house on the rock. And you can build your house on God's promise of wisdom too as you recognize your need, request God's gift, just just ask him, just pray to him. And you re-examine your toolbox, prayer, God's word, God's people. Amen.